I can be a little animated sometimes. You know what I mean? I, don't know. I think that's the speech and debate in us, though. Yeah, for real. That's why I loved like the X temp speaking, bro. Like CX. Me was, too. Everybody hated that shit, but I liked it, bro. I, I could I could just it. ramble, bro. I could just like I can talk straight out of my butthole, bro. Yep. Like words flow <laughs> straight backwards out my mouth. Or like the political. Like, that stuff was fun, where it was, like, talking current events and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what that event was called. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, no idea. I was really good at it, though. Yeah. Really good at it. And now that I think about it, I'm always wondering if, like, the adults in the room were like, we know you're bullshitting. Like, we know you're full of shit. I They're, think they probably respect it, though. Right? Yeah, like, bullshitting's a skill. Like, when I see someone just bullshitting, like, I seen this TikTok the other day. It was supposed to be a prank. This guy comes up to a dealership and he parks a random ass car there and puts a fake sign on it. And he walks up to a guy. He's like, hey, I want to buy this. And the salesman's like, I don't think this is our car. And he like checks it out a little bit. And he's like, we might have got this from another dealership. I'd have to check on it. Like, you want me to show you some other cars? He's like, nah, I want this one. And the salesman just like, he just starts selling this random ass fucking minivan. Like, he knows all its features. It's like a 10-year-old car. He knows all its features. He knows everything about it. He's selling the fuck out of it, bro. Like, He's just on his money, like, huh? Like he's he is straight bullshit. He's never seen this car before in his life. Like it's supposed to be a prank, and this guy's like convincing me to buy the car, bro. Like he was smooth with it. He ends up buying the car, or he ends up telling him like, <laughs> yeah, hey, it's a prank. Yeah. But yeah, like, but you're the, really was, good at your job for real. Yeah, the dude was kicking ass. Like, yeah, I have but met. Yeah, I respect that shit, bro. Yeah, there's some. I don't know. I can see through the BS. And whenever it's like bad BS, I'm like, eh, I don't want nothing to do with this. Yeah. But I've met some people in my life that like go on about some stuff that I know is just not right. And I'm like, yeah, you're cool anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're cool anyway, man. Whatever. You're wrong, but whatever. You know, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it depends how you go about it, honestly. <sighs> Dude, we're back in action. Sean Show 19, episode 19, back in action it's been since November since we have had an episode. To all my loyal listeners, all 32 of you, thank you for sticking by my side, hounding me to make another episode. We are back, and I got my brother Chase LaMaster in the building. Chase, what's howdy, up, dog? Howdy, it is, uh We've been catching up for a little bit, actually. Um, I was totally underprepared. I had a whole issue with the audio software that I had. I had to create a new login. I had to do a whole bunch of nonsense. We didn't even think that this was going to happen, but we are here, ladies and gentlemen, Sean's show, episode 19, and it has been a minute since I've seen my boy Chase. He said, what, like five years? Something like that, man. It's been, been like way five years. Yeah, well, I lived in uh, Kyle, Texas several years ago, and Chase was going to UT, so I would piggyback on his college experience and Come have some fun with them from time to time. So Yeah, it's been too long, though. And just like everyone else, you've been sucked in by the black hole of San Dude, Angelo. that's what I keep telling people, You're too. Back. They're like, it's a fucking pit. I've been saying that for years, that place is a pit. Sucks you in and it holds you down. Bro, it's like, uh, you know, like when we get severe weather here, and like around the area, there's like this mystical orb yeah. around San Angelo where it like breaks up and goes around us. I think that's like a black hole thing, bro. That really could be it, bro. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Who knows? It just sucks you in. It blows away the weather. I have no idea, bro. But uh, yeah, no, you're not the only one, so don't feel bad, dude. It seems like everyone ends up back over here at some point. Yeah, I'll claw my way out again. Don't worry. 
Yeah, yeah. So we've been talking a little bit about uh, your loose plans and your loose goals. Uh huh. So right now you're just big chilling though. Yeah, I'm big. I'm back to my job at Discount Tire. I worked here for a few years before. Okay. I'm back. I'm trying to be a salesman now. Okay. I, li- I really like the work. You know, it's a fun job, and I get paid enough. Uh, but I'm trying to just save up some cash. I'm chilling. I got a nice girlfriend and a nice little place, so I'm like having fun in life or whatever. But I'm so, hoping to get some lessons in as a pilot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saving up some money for. So before we touch on that, what exactly do you do at Discount? Okay, so I, I got a role. It's called apprentice tech. It's like halfway between garage guy and salesman guy. So I do okay. a little bit of both. Okay. But uh, like... And apprentice tech, I have like I can I can sell tires. I have an account on the salesman system and stuff like that. Like I can go up to the desk, but for the most part, I stay in the garage. I work on the vehicles. But if there's customer relations that need to happen, if you need to talk to somebody from the garage, it's me that does it. You know, like I'm the one that's got uh, like customer facing training and stuff. Because a lot of the guys like they're just covered in dirt and they're in there oh. they're just like talking like sailors and changing tires as fast as they can. That's all they do. You know, they're not really customer guys. How many tires do you guys think you change in a day? In a day? Yeah. At least a couple hundred, man. Some days we sell like 250 brand new ones, let alone like anything we're just like opening up to fix a flat or anything on like that. You know what I mean? Tires are one of those maintenance things, bro, that no one ever considers until it's like, oh, shit, I have a flat. And it's not holding air. Dude, you have no idea how bad our like days that it's rainy are where like people are just, they finally realize, oh shit, my tires are bald, <laughs> man. <laughs> Slipping and, and sliding. Show, we're busy as hell anytime it was rainy this morning, like the morning before, the night before. Next day, busy as fuck. Really? Hell of people there being like, you know what? I got a problem. And we're like, yeah, we told you two months ago, but <laughs> you didn't want to buy no tires. Yeah. And tires are expensive, bro. They are. They're so expensive. Like, not even just, like, the mud-bogging all-terrain tires, but just, like, some standard. Like, on my car, yeah. to get four brand-new tires is minimum a 1000 bucks. Oh, for sure. And the labor is not cheap either. No. Well, how much do you charge for labor? Depends on the vehicle, but I think we normally run, like, about 100 bucks for a set of four brand-new tires for the labor. To, like, mount balance. Yeah. And that's lifetime balance included. Lifetime balance. Uh-huh. And y'all got that road hazard? Shameless dude, that plug. Road, that road hazard's cheap, and it's a good deal. That's the best. Dude, they could fire me and kick my ass on the way out the door, bro. I'd still be buying tires from there for that road hazard. You can get free tires forever, basically. Really? Like, yeah, I mean, it's not free. You got to repay the road hazard. But, like, for the most part, you could run out tires, like, run their tread low enough in like le- in like few enough miles on the rough roads in San Angelo especially that like you get to qualify for the mileage correction on your road hazard like they tell you like these Michelin's will last you 60,000 miles and in 35,000 miles them shits are bald they give you half your money back on the tires put it towards some new ones huh yeah it's wild yeah i don't even think that they legit do construction on the infrastructure here no not i think really. it's like one guy is like jacking stuff up on a on like a bulldozer or something, and then like six other guys are just watching him mess everything. That's what up. it normally seems like they're doing. Yeah, because they've been working on Bell Street for a hell of a long time. College Hills have been fucked up for almost a year consecutively, yeah. bro. It's wild. They're not even close to done. Nah, bro. And they've got like a huge section of it just completely shut down now yeah, too. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's My super girl used to live on College Hills. It was a real pain in the ass. Oh, going to like see her and stuff. Yeah, she lived at the place. Uh, like right by the dog park, the College Hills Apartments, oh, whatever yeah. it's called. Oh, oh, bro, and the small business owners and stuff in that area, too, were like, 
major complaining because I would be too, man. That's it was wild. shutting down business for him pretty much. Man. Yeah, who wants to drive down that road? Like nobody, nobody. Unless you got a big old truck with big old tires. Yeah, and even then, I don't know if it's really worth. Think it. about like. You know, if you're just getting around town, you're never going to choose to cut through College Hills. So who the hell's stopping at the bodega and stuff like that? You yeah. know, because nobody's coming by. That's a New York thing, bro. The bodega. That's what that place is called, though. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the one place in town called the something bodega. It's like the College Hills bodega or something. But yeah, huh. it's like a New York thing. Yeah, that's an Eastern thing. They got a lot of those in Austin, too, though, bro. Like a lot of the places I used to go to in college, no gas, just stuff. Really? Like the yeah. convenience store stuff? Yeah. Huh. Those are all over. Yeah, well, we're down here in old San Angelo, Texas, so we don't got no corner got stores. Stripes, stripes, Al on and more stripes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they're building a whole bunch of all subs now too. Yeah, they are. Like over here off of the highway, we've got a brand new big truck yeah, stop. Yeah, a big ass one. Yeah. 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 What? Uh, do they? They? I mean, they have all subs in Austin. Uh huh. You got to have like the all subs burritos. Yeah. Yeah. All subs, Seven Elevens, and like they got bigger ones like Quick Trips. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, there's not many stripes or anything out there. Nah, they I come think that's a, a thing. They come here. close. Like you can see them all the way into like Georgetown and stuff, though. Like in the smaller towns outside of Austin, you'll see them, but yep. not really in town. It's kind of crazy how everything's grown together in Austin, too, man. Yeah. I remember growing up, I'd go see my aunt and uncle in Round Rock, and it'd be like a 15, 20 minute drive to Pflugerville, 15, 20 minute drive to Austin, and now it's just like it all blends. Yeah, bro. It's just like a metropolis. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's wild. Well, you have a whole bunch of people from California and like out of state that are moving down here too. Yeah, it's popular too. Like sometimes I wish I had been stable enough to like get a cheap mortgage in Austin straight out of college or something like that, and that property would have risen so much value by now, man. Oh, dude, yeah. When we were looking at moving, so we've considered moving a few different places. We considered moving out west, Pacific Northwest. We considered moving to Colorado. We considered moving, you know, to other big cities here, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas. And what we realized really quick is that, you know, you take a $100,000 home here, something that's not a really nice house, you know, probably needs quite a bit of work done. Uh That's a $300,000 home in Austin. Yeah, man, it's wild. Yeah, and it's even worse in the Pacific Northwest, like out on the West Coast. I think like the minimum, like the median cost of a house out there was like four hundred, five hundred thousand. Dude, when I I did pest control and pool cleaning for a while in Austin, and when I was doing like house visits all the time for both of those jobs, I talked to a lot of people that were selling their house because they had walked ass backwards into five hundred grand. Like they bought a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house five years ago, market shut up. They're selling it for a million dollars. Yeah, and. They didn't plan on it. They're just regular families. And they're like, yeah, we're selling this and we're moving a, a high rise in New York City or whatever the hell. One guy I knew, he was moving to Costa Rica forever. For like, <laughs> He was like 42 and he was just retiring, moving to Costa Rica. Dude. There were some people that made out like bandits during the COVID era. For sure. Like if you had a real baller house that shot up in value or if you were like in the stocks at that time. Uh-huh. Dude, like are, are you on Reddit at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so Wall Street bets. Uh huh. The guys familiar. that literally freaking fueled the AMC and GameStop, GameStop yeah. bets, bro. Like, there was like teenagers and kids in their mid twenties 
that were making out with millions of dollars. Yeah, bro. on like a thing that they thought was a joke. They were just doing it just because. And some of them made like literally six, seven figure money, bro. Yeah. Well, there was a point in time where they like all realized the influence that they had on the market was so powerful that they could do stuff like that. And they yeah. took full advantage of it. And then it also opened my eyes to like how our politicians, bro, like if you, there's a, a website where you can go and you can look at your politicians and what they're putting their money on in the stock market so you can emulate their trades. Dude, I've seen this this bot on Twitter. I think it's a bot called like Nancy Pelosi's stock portfolio mm-hmm. or something like that. And it follows hers because hers is very suspicious. Bro. Yeah, bro. It doesn't make sense to me that, I mean, I guess it does. When you, when you make it to Congress and you're a U.S. senator or you're a congressman, inherently that comes with making a good amount of money because you're either a lawyer you've got a degree in some advanced field but like for me still it doesn't make sense for our representatives to just be making like millions and millions of dollars especially on like insider information i agree completely like they're hedging their bets on information that's not available to you and me yeah dude if pete rose can't bet on himself like why can politicians bet on the stock market at all like just taking full advantage of it. Yeah. Making millions of dollars. We think it's like, what's it called? Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank for the word. Oh, conflict of interest for like uh, sports players to gamble on themselves or like on sports, like even on games that aren't, that they're not in, in the same sport they play in. Yeah. But like, that's the same thing politicians got. That's their expertise is knowledge of like the corporate happenings of america bro and they they're allowed to invest that's a little, little fishy well, and they've got their lobbyists too no kidding that are like hey you know we'll give you a little bit of a tidbit of some information that would benefit you if you'll slide this into some legislation for us yeah who knows how much influence people have that's never reported bro yeah. do you remember and the show house of cards no, yeah did what, you ever watch that that's what i was just thinking about when bro. you were telling me that bro that shit was crazy it opened my eyes to a whole level of politics that i just never considered i i think that that might be a lot like how it really is man a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent and what, what was crazy is that show came out before Trump's presidency and like his run for president became a reality. Yeah, none of that was still like a funny joke at the time. And like, now everyone's like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. But the thing that really gets me, man, is like we know how slimy politicians are. We know the grime that comes with being a representative for the US. And like the one thing that really gets me is how like everyone's like, oh, we got to tax these billionaires. It's not right for them to have access to so much money. And like there's a big hoorah about it. And then everyone just like returns back to normal life. Yeah, I don't know how that like I don't know how we could fix that, bro. Like it takes a revolution. No matter what people want to get done, people like lose interest. I think that's the problem, bro. I think is it's that. I, like, I think that's I think that's by design, man. I think that like the world, the the country is designed to be like you got to you. Life requires enough focus on your own personal life that it's hard to care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, think about if everybody had enough money and free time that you wanted to work like fifteen hours a week. 
Think about how much weird shit you could be doing, bro. <laughs> you could be like, you could be plotting overthrow governments. Yeah. But we can't have that. You can't have that much free time in your life, bro. Well, we don't have the convenience of that free time. That's by design. Yeah. My friend. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It it uh you know the big uh at least I've seen it a lot more here lately is people talking about the American dream being dead. You yeah. know, like decades before me and you were even thinking about buying a house and having a family, the people then it was so much easier for them to do. Get a nice house be able to afford it, find a good career, be able to grow in that career, make a substantial living to support your lifestyle. And now you have so many people struggling to do any of those I things. I think our whole like our whole country is planned. Like our whole thing requires growth. Like there's not a there's not an end to this, right? So like for in order for it to be good, it has to be expanding. And then when we run out of room to expand, it starts to suck. Like I think we that's got, where we're at. Yeah, I think that's where we're at too. Who knows how this turns out in the end, but like something's gonna change. Yeah, I always uh you know, one of the things that uh I liked about Trump's philosophy was the like I guess it would be like the nationalism, right? Like he was all about putting America at the forefront, bringing industrialism back here becoming a superpower again and taking away from like all of the adventures and expeditions we had going on globally. But, uh, there's a real fine line on that, bro. Like, yeah, that's two things at once. Like keeping our nose out of other people's business is like isolationism that it, it doesn't have to be nationalism. You know, that's the first half of what Nazi means, right? That NA is nationalist. Huh? And, uh, people have a strong aversion. To that. I don't mind some national pride, but that's the point. There's like a fine line between like having pride in your nation and being like a little too much where you start to not like other nations because of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't think we're better because we're Americans, but I support like, you know, I'm kind of a far left leaning dude, but I think it's wrong that a lot of people like, especially in the far left, just despise America like yeah. in general. Yeah. They don't have good re- they don't have like specific reasons or anything. They're just like, yeah, fuck this country. Yeah. Like, you're not obligated to hate America, bro. Like you can be pretty left leaning. Like America's great. Like if you look at it in the right light and that's that should be the goal is to make it so that it's always in the right light. You know what I mean? We don't need to just do away with the whole thing. But yeah. like the whole like American dream, like American industry, American cars or whatever, like all that's cool, bro. Like we have our culture, like doesn't need to all go away. Yeah, I think it uh for for me, so where where I started to venture away from kind of his ideology was you know, we don't have to be so extreme to where it's like we are so right and the whole world is so wrong on what they've got going on. I think it was more for me taking a pride in our productivity, what we bring to the table instead of just like enforcing this idea, actually having some su- some substance to be like, like we take pride in our education. Yeah, that's for sure the good part. Like that's that's the good way to view. It. Is like if you want to be proud of your own country, you got to still like leave room in your head for other people to be proud of theirs too. Like you can't be like mad at a like a Chinese guy for being proud of China no. just because you're not Chinese. Like no. the because the problem with that is the moment that you think our shit doesn't stink. 
is when other people are plotting in the background. Yeah. Ready to take over as a superpower. Yeah, you got to think about people that grow up in, like, you know how we're told when we were kids, like, America's the greatest country in the world or whatever. Like, it's hard to imagine what it'd be like to have grown up in another country, right? But, like, those people live in a completely different world. Like, think think about not knowing what America was till you were 10 years old and you learned it in, like, fifth grade or whatever, like, when you're studying all the countries. Like, like they those people live in whole different like worlds where that's their like what's around them is what they know like and they have a right to be proud of what they're from you know what i mean yeah the biggest mind fuck for me was realizing that we're not like the only industrialized nation <laughs> that there's like other places in the con- in the world that like yeah dude i feel like when they're when you're a kid they give you like teachers and like culture and stuff give you the vibe that like even the other places that are good like the United Kingdom or something, they're just like B tier countries. Like they're just like almost as good as America, but that's not real. Like they got good shit there too, bro. They got good shit everywhere, bro. Middle East, Asia, all the perception was, Oh, it's slums. It's villages. Yeah. They're so far back in like civilization and technology that like you go over there and you're just so blessed. If this is a disinformation campaign though, what's the benefit of this? Like, why do we need to convince our, our countrymen that like fuck everybody else we're awesome like what good does that do america to have people believe that i have no idea yeah man that's what confuses me well and it's like why not make everybody like you know empathetic towards the other countries that that seems like the better plan to me i think it's geographical too though you consider that we're in the south and yeah and in a larger scale consider that we're pretty far away from most of those countries like We've got Canada, which is just like America's little brother, yeah. and even Canadians know that. Yeah. And then we have one neighbor and one culture to like merge with Mexico. But everywhere else, they've got like dozens and dozens of cultures around them that they like learn and experience from. We've just got the one, bro. Like, and we experience it really strongly here in Texas, like Mexican culture influence. But a lot of places in America, they have very little. Yeah. Like. Yeah, you go up to the north, northeast, or the yeah, west what, coast. A Canadian moves to, into town. You don't even know. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. Yeah, I have a buddy that uh, he married a girl from Canada, and he ended up moving up there. And he said, you know, for the most part, it's pretty similar, but you have a lot of cultures that go there because they're more open and accepting of other cultures. It's just like the chill America, bro. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And they're on a different level, like... I guess they're closer to socialism than we've ever been. Yeah, yeah, somewhat they are. They've got uh, some like, like a publicized public. What's the word? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like they've got universal healthcare and stuff, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, they're gonna pay more in taxes. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Yeah, because a big stressor for me right now is going from a corporate job where the health insurance was incredible to a family owned and operated business where, you know, they don't have this huge conglomerate to back them and provide some of these nicer benefits for their employees. Don't get me wrong. They still offer good health coverage, but going from what I had, it's not as streamlined. No. And it's more expensive. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's, everything is so like commercialized here. It's all about capitalism. We got to make money on the healthcare. We got to make money on the medication. We got to make money. That's, on the- that's my problem with a lot of things, bro. Is that like priority number one for ninety nine percent of industry in America is the profit line, mm-hmm. and like 
I get it, bro. Like I would want to make money too. Like that's my thing is like, I don't think that a CEO, like you start a company and it's successful. Like you deserve your cut, bro. Like you get your bag, but like you can't lose sight of like what matters. And like, if it's just like, it's like the whole thing people say, we're like, anything works good on paper. Like if everybody's a good person, every system works, bro. Like communism, capitalism, whatever works. If everybody's nice, like and on the same page. Yeah. But like either way, like no matter what you try to design, greed takes over. Like in capitalism, people are greedy for money In communism. People are greedy for power. Like, and then people just like, people just fuck each other over because Mm -hmm. they're greedy. Like, Mm -hmm. and either way, life sucks. So, like, how do we fix that, bro? Like, how do we design a world where, like, we prevent that? Like, we are all autonomous beings. There's always going to be an evil man, bro, here to do evil things, though. How do we stop him? That's the wild part, bro. Like, that I don't know if there's really a long-term solution to any of this. No, I have a good buddy that uh, he is very invested in the idea that there is an all-powerful group of people that, by design, everything is the way it is because of their design. Like, they have they have 500-year plans, 100-year plans, 50-year plans, 10-year plans yeah. to get everything to where it's at now, which is to ultimately just, like, divide and conquer. Isn't that wild? That it, That's even, like possible bro like i hope that's not the case i mean this thing that that reminds me of it might be the same like same conspiracy like same vein is this thing that i've been seeing some of on tiktok i gotta do more research like i don't want to be talking too much about it because i'll start talking out my ass if i had to talk (laughs) for more like two minutes but there's these like two or like sort of three like enormous enormous investment companies that aren't really talked about one of them is called blackrock oh it's called vanguard yep and they own a controlling interest in like way more shit than they should. Like way more. Like, do you watch Bojack Horseman? I've seen a little bit of it. Do you know that company they talk about? It's like Toyota, Viacom, how it's like 17 companies just like merged. That's yeah. what this place is like, bro. Like the two of them, like, like they own like everything. They'll, they'll own every single thing in the same fucking like market, bro. Like the TikTok, one TikTok that I saw that was about this was about the cereal aisle and I had like a huge panoramic picture of the cereal aisle and it was like highlighting all the different brands and different colors and it was like okay but if we cut it to like ones that are owned by Kellogg's and ones that are owned by Life Zero whatever, and then it changed like five colors and it was like but what if we change to these bigger brands that are owned by BlackRock and it was like 99% one color and then like a little bit of like natural cereal and that was it like all the cereal that was in this whole fucking Walmart or whatever owned by the same company Like, there's not real competition in some industry that, like, because the big, like, trust is so far above our heads that we never even think about it, bro. By design. By design. They just, like, they break their company down so small that, like, the guy that works for the delivery company for Kellogg Cereal, he has no idea he's working for the same guy as his competitor. He's flipping him off as he's driving by in his truck, the guy that drives the other cereal truck. They have no idea, bro. They're slaves to the same fucking whip. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I think the craziest thing about all of that too is that we're so naive to it, you know? Oh, big time. Like, uh, even I am, even you and like guys that think about it, even we are, you kind of have to be bro to not die. Like, yeah, it's mentally taxing to think about that kind of stuff. And it's by design again, like 
how the fuck am I supposed to dedicate myself to like thinking about this and figuring out like even if I even if I try super hard, bro, I think about it, do all my <laughs> research, like what the hell does this matter? Who am I gonna tell? Like Yeah, what does it even do? I to still gotta go to work knowledge. tomorrow at seven thirty in the fucking morning. Like yeah. You have to work on Sundays? No, not Sundays. Oh, thank goodness. I didn't mean today. I just meant like in general. In general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. uh, I don't... Man, I kind of envy the people that don't think about this stuff. Oh, me too, bro. Ignorance because they're just bliss. la da 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 living life, everything. That's what good. I think about when I see like people that like <laughs> from high school that like real good Christian people that like got married in 19 and they got like four kids by now and they're just... They're happy as hell, bro. They're chilling. Like... I like to think, like, God damn, that life would suck, bro. Thank God that's not me, but they're fucking smiling in them pictures, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking shit to make myself feel better at this point. Like, those people, they're good. Yeah. They're chilling. Yeah. It, I'm uh, stressing about fucking nothing, like, about everything and nothing at the same time. These people are fucking, they're happy, bro, living in their, like, their, their nice, blissful bubble life. Wish that could be me sometimes. Yeah, I think that's kind of where a lot of my anxiety comes from nowadays because I'm like, you know, I got a kid, I got a wife, I got a house, I pay my mortgage, I pay my taxes, all that stuff. But I also know, I I just constantly ask myself like, man, if all of this ultimately leads to some like not positive experience, whatever that looks like, like. We all go to war. We lose all of these material belongings we have because the economy crashes. Like, why does it matter? What was it all for at that point? Yeah, what were we doing? Pretty much our own happiness, I guess. You ever think about that we weren't really made for all this? Like, like as as humans, like, we were meant to be cavemen, bro, for sure. Like, by nature. Like, that's what nature thought of us. Yeah. That's how we were. We were supposed to be the smartest monkeys that ever lived, and that was about it. Like. What the fuck is this thing, bro? Cell phone? This is every information, bit of information that's ever existed in the world. I carried around in my pocket and it leaks radiation, bro. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's why I don't like to put it too close to my crotch. Yeah, dude. My testicles start to feel a little funny. I keep mine in my back pocket. I let the ass, like, cushion some of the radiation. If I have to lose my ass when I'm old, that's okay, <laughs> yeah. bro. Better than losing your cock. Yeah, bro. That's kind of where it starts to vibrate a little bit. Yeah, you ever get your ass, like, vibrates, but there's no phone there and you're yep. like... You check the notification. The and ghost vibration, boy. Yeah, what the fuck is that, bro? That is us adapting to and Something becoming we normalized. Not, we should not be adapting to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that a lot of the stress that we face as humans is a result of our disconnect from nature. I agree, too. Think about how like rapidly we've expanded humans' access to information and communication. Like 50 years ago... Like, you and I might have never spoken again, but, like, even back when, like, we were homies in high school, you and I would have communicated much less, just naturally. You see each other at school, you call on the house phone, whatever. Like, you hang out when you hang out. Yeah. But now you keep up with each other. You see everything. You learn everything. You read everything all the time, all day, every day. And, like, processing this much more information, like, certainly evolution has had zero chance to catch up, bro. Like, our brains are, they got to be practically the exact same as they were two, five, a thousand years ago. Probably two, five hundred thousand. The exact yeah. same, bro. Yeah. Like, but, but we do so much more. We do so much different. Like, is this okay? Like, for us, how do we fucking no. know? No, we no, have, no, 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 no. We have no idea, bro. There's no data on this. Like, well, and uh, I know that there's been studies recently talking about the negative impact and effects of like mental health with social media and like our youth and stuff. We're barely talking about that, but like MySpace sure. came out in like the early 2000s. Yeah. 
So it's been 20 plus years of this constant exposure to information and connectivity. These people are adults. At first, it was great. It was cool going on to MySpace and like listening to your top five songs. Dude, thank God you and I were just old enough to have like at least half normal childhoods. I played a lot outside as a kid. I did too. Like, thank God. You just don't see that a whole lot. There wasn't no fucking... I remember when the iPod Touch came out. I was in like eighth grade. Like, I was no iPad kid. Thank fucking God, bro. Yeah. I played on a trampoline. I rode my bike. I built a fort in the woods. You know, I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, we've tried to do a really good job raising our son. Like, I'm not going to lie and say that he doesn't get, like, 30 minutes of some television that's, like, educated-based. For but sure. It, you know, but like, it's I played Nintendo. Hard. I played Nintendo as a kid and shit like that, but it's, like, your choices as a parent that is going to lead this kid to have, like, the right experience as a kid. You can't just leave him on the couch all fucking day. But I see you got the swing and stuff outside. Like, that's oh, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. You got to... You got to give your kid like a human experience. Like people got to be in nature, man. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're pretty like uh, the unfortunate reality is for most people, you know, we work so damn much that you don't get a lot of time, free time to yeah. go and do. Who the hell can afford to have one parent stay at home these days? Nobody, bro. We tried. Well, we didn't try. We made it work because, you know, of course, the ladies got to recover after they birth a kid. That is an experience you and I will never understand. And even being a, like, sharing that experience with my partner was pretty damn strenuous on me. So I can't imagine what it was like for her. Yeah, it pales in comparison, bro. Like, yeah, but there did come a time where we're like, okay, like, you got to go back to work. You got to wean yourself off of being with your son all day long. That's freaking terrible for her. Yeah, that has to be like, heartbreaking but it's necessary because you got to work yeah gotta pay bills yeah that was one of the things growing up man where like i would have the whip cracks once more bro that's (sighs) not the way it should be oh man we're not i saw a post the other day where which i i can't believe that like we're barely coming to these conclusions but this girl had like tweeted something along the lines of like life isn't supposed to be about us like working 12 to 14 hours a day to only get four hours a day of time to ourselves that we spend preparing for the next day of like work. Like it's not supposed to be that way. Definitely not. But the vast majority of us aren't in a position where we can't have it any other way. Yeah. It's that or die. What the fuck is that choice? Yeah. Or not have good quality of life. Yeah. Not be able to afford a home and provide a stable life. Yeah. I suppose you could be homeless or live in like a, like a terrible, terrible location, you know, but neither of those are really ideal. Nah, bro. But it's more than a necessary evil. It doesn't feel like that. Like there's, it's one thing to get up every day, you know, get your work in and it makes you feel good about yourself and you go home and you relax, but that's not what it feels like most of the time. No. You're there to suffer, and it's unnecessary or else. Yeah, when I was growing up, bro, I thought adulthood was like being able to eat honey buns whenever you wanted. Yeah. And it's so much more than that. Yeah, I don't even get to decide when I eat honey buns, bro, because I can't afford to buy them enough. Yeah, yeah, that's the unfortunate reality, too, man, is a honey bun is so much more money than it was when we were growing up. Yeah. I just want a honey bun, bro. Bro, I remember... Shit's so much more money than it was a while, like even not that long ago. In high school, bro, I used to eat at McDonald's every day for five dollars. It was four eighty nine for two double cheeseburgers and a large Coke. Yep, that shit costs like nine fifty, bro. And it's not even the same quality of food not, either, what bro. What the hell is that? 
We are straight that shit up. Is twice as much money in eight years. Who the fuck's running that company, bro? Yeah. No food place in the world is cheap anymore. Where the hell can you eat a grown man's meal for less than nine dollars today? That's like an, that's more than an hour's minimum wage. I saw this crazy stat the other day, bro. The minimum wage in 1960 was like 10 Big Macs an hour, and now it's like half a Big Mac an hour. Whoa. What the fuck is that? It's easier for me to understand when you put it in terms of Big Macs. Yeah. that's. I think that's the idea. Whoa. It was easier for me to understand, too, and I'm a math guy, bro. That really makes it jarring. Whoa. Those numbers are too big. It, wasn't, it was actually like six Big Macs and like 0.8 or something like that. I don't remember, but it was... It was a significant gap. Now consider this. When you don't work based on hourly pay or salary and it's all commission. Is that how it would be if you went into full sales? Or do they no, have like a not. guarantee? They have a guarantee. Okay. That's not how it is at my job, man. They yeah. actually, they're actually hourly with a minimum. And you get bonuses based on your sales. Whoa. They get paid hourly, but they have a, if they take a day off, as long as it's approved, they still get paid for that day. They get paid a minimum number of hours quote hours a week you know what i mean yeah no if i don't sell cars i don't get paid man yeah it's pretty daunting to think about especially that, with right now where the economy is with every, uh, you know when, rates. I, when I just pest control and cleaning pools both of those were paid by the job like someone else gets my jobs for me you know what i mean so it's not like it's not like real commission but it was not paid by the hours paid by the job and i like that for the most part yeah but then it makes it really frustrating when there's holdups that aren't your fault that's like a systematic fault and I'm getting paid by a job, and you're going to make me wait eight minutes for this app to load so I can submit my work order or whatever? Like, how's that fair? Like, that pissed me off yeah. about those places. Well, we're moving more towards the technology, like, you know, AI operations determining our efficiency and yeah. how much work we get done and, therefore, what we get paid for. I yeah. watched, uh, I'm not on TikTok. I had to delete the app. Because of how much time I would dedicate to just scrolling, scrolling, oh, it, scrolling, it'll scrolling. Suck you in, bro. It's so bad, man. But the crazy thing about TikTok, man. It's that flawless, infinite feed of consumable content. Yeah. And there's a good portion of it that's informative. There's a lot of like hoopla that you have to sort through and you have to like do your own dedicated there is some research. Quality info on there. That's true. But there is definitely some like there's there was one influential guy that I followed that would like analyze the trends of different industries and like how progressive towards automated technology and intelligence they were getting. And one day he made a video that was that he was like, look guys in five to 10 years, not 15, 20 years, but in, in as little as five years, if you don't have like basic computer skills, you're, you're pretty much going to be worthless. Dude, we use computers for everything, and even a discount tire, too. We've got these little computers, like, well, they're fo- cell phones, but they're, like, locked up, you know, with discount tire software only on them. Yep. They've got a tread scanner on the back. You just slide it across the tire, and a laser scans the tread. It tells you exactly down to the 32nd of an inch Whoa. how deep the tread is. Scans everything. <clears throat> scans VIN's num- VIN numbers to log the car, scans license plate. Plug all the information in. You send it to the sales computer. It's in there when you walk back inside. You pull it up. Whoa. It's wild. We used to have a notepad, but like even even something as gruff as the tire business, straight computers. Yeah. Yeah, you see that a lot in my industry too because you have a lot of older guys. Like we have a lot of older generation car guys. Yeah, it's the kind of, those guys, 
that love the love the work and they're going to do it their whole life because you know they're good at it or whatever but times are changing oh and it makes like it dude they used to write out applications they used to write out the deals they used to they they couldn't send photos or videos of the cars they had to be so descriptive to the point that you know if that customer wasn't there in front of them they were convinced enough that the product they were being told about was the one that they wanted. Yeah. And now it's like you're expected to send photos. You're expected to send videos. You're expected to be able to do everything on the computer, print it out, take it up to the guys at the desk, putting the deal together. We have similar stuff at my job too, bro. Like when you pull tires from stock to put on a vehicle, people order, people buy tires. There's one guy's job. He goes up there, he grabs the tires. That job used to be you look at the ticket you know the tires by the codes, like it's just like you know abbreviations of different letter RHG for road hugger tires or whatever. You know what I mean? Size. Go up there and you look through a wall full of tires. You got the size. Just you're saying it over and over in your head. You find the tires. You bring them down. But now there's got a little scanner. You just scan the ticket. You go up there and you start scanning barcodes till one clicks green, and then you pull those <laughs> tires. Like, what the hell is that? Uh, well, what happens if you don't know your inventory and then that system goes down? That's going to create a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, I'm telling you, bro, like technology has made life more convenient, but in the same breath, it has made it more stressful. Frustrating. Yes. Because we bank so much on our cell phones and we bank so much on. I totally agree. Like, dude, I don't think that. I don't think that the next great warfare, like, of course, there's always going to be some sort of like military action, people fighting with guns and missiles and tanks. But I think that the next big assault to America is going to be cyber. Cyber. Yeah, I agree. EMP. Bro, if we get hit with an EMP and it shuts everything down. We rely so much on like technology for everything we do, bro. Like we don't even have the system like. You know, like when an industry first computerizes or whatever, if they went down that day, they still got the paper with them. You know, they still have the systems in place. But like so many industries have been totally computerized for decades now, bro. No paper, nothing. Like they're fucked. Yeah. The internet goes down for one day. You got to close your car dealership. What the hell is that? Dude, we had that thunderstorm last night. Uh And so I got a tattoo last night. And uh, during the tattoo... I'm totally oblivious to what's going on outside until there's like a big thunder, lights go out, me and the artist look at each other and we're like, what the fuck's going on? Her significant other comes in and is like, dude, it looks terrible outside. Like, I I don't know how much longer you got, but you know, if you're not close to wrapping it up, you might want to consider wrapping it up because it's about to get nasty. Well, anyways, we're close enough to where she can finish. Everything's good. As I'm walking out, the rain is sideways because the wind is blowing so hard. And uh, I risked it. I tried to drive. I had to stop a couple blocks down because I couldn't see anything in front of me. And once it all passed, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of hungry. I worked up an appetite. I just got a tattoo for two and a half hours. I've been sitting in my car for another 30 minutes. I'm hungry. I want to go to Whataburger. I go to Whataburger. They cannot even serve me because their systems are down. Yeah, man. And I don't know if it was just like a legit excuse for them to be like, all right, we're done. We deal with this bullshit every night. We're not serving nobody. This is a great excuse for us to go home early. Or if like legitimately 
because their registers are computerized and because their menu is computerized, their order taking systems computerized that they legitimately couldn't serve their customers. Yeah, think about think about what the process should be there, right? Like as long as you got cash, like that's understandable. The credit card machine's down. But here should be the process, right? You go, you want a burger. They pull it out of the freezer, it's cold. They turn on the gas oven, they put on their cook the burger, put fries in the fryer, fryer's heated by gas, fries are made, burgers made. You take your money, give you change. What do you need the internet for? But they don't even have that as an option for them. Like, if the internet's down, they can't just be like, my bad, bro, we need cash. Like, they've got nothing. Mm -mm. What even is that? No, because they can't create a receipt. They can't invoice the burger and material. They can't. And, like, that's that's not only, like, us relying too much on the internet. That's another problem with, like, the corporatocracy I was bitching about earlier, bro, is, like, if you're that Whataburger cashier, you're like, yeah, man, I know the words you're telling me. I know which order you want, but you can't just like write it down and be like, hey, cook, make a number one. Like, what do you mean you need to plug it in the computer for it to be real, bro? Like, tell that man <laughs> what he needs to cook. Yeah, yeah. And then pay him his pay and give me my food. Yeah. Like, it's not that easy. Yeah, apparently not. Nah, it's not that easy. Also, bad example, but like, water, like, you know, Whataburger's not like a, necessity but when it comes to like my buddy was at the hospital the other day and the power went out we had a real bad thunderstorm come through during the middle of the afternoon he's in the oncology clinic like trying to determine whether or not he's got a serious illness cancer whatever it may be and the power goes out and he overhears a conversation of like the nursing staff and they're like okay what do we do like the generators aren't kicking on do we need to like, like we have patients doing chemo. Do we need to take them across to the main hospital? And they're like, no, their generators haven't kicked on either. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Bro. That's way worse than not getting your burger, bro. That's people 100%. Die. That's what I'm saying. You have, What if you have people on life support? Yeah. What happens? I'm sorry. But, our but you know, at, at the same on. time, you know, that might be too hard of an example because would those people be alive if it weren't for technology, though? Or would they have died a while back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. still, but still, I see what you're saying. Like, how can how can it be acceptable that if we have this system that we rely so heavily on to keep people alive, how could it not be fail proof? How is that real, bro? Yeah, I was in Austin during Snowmageddon. Riley and I didn't have power for three days, bro. It got down to 38 degrees in my apartment, bro. Whoa! How the like what? The people fuck? were dying, bro. A bunch of people died, bro. Yeah, all because of our power grid failure. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. There was no power to like my entire neighborhood, all of Riverside, Austin. Not not one business, not one apartment, no power. What did people do? The roads were all frozen, bro. Once a day for the three days, we were frozen in. Riley and I got in my Jeep and rode around at like five miles an hour just to check it out. It was like an apocalypse, bro. People were just like wandering around the street. Cars were wrecked and abandoned. Everywhere <laughs> was dark. Like it was trippy as fuck. Like, everything was white. It was like a solid layer of ice on the entire world, bro. Whoa. It was like like white, like snow, but frozen on top. You know, that kind of snow. Like, it was just hard-packed snow everywhere. And it was dead frozen. And we were so cold, man. Like, me and Riley sat on the couch. We had a little three-seater couch. We sat on opposite ends of the couch with candles all around us, huddled under 50 blankets. And we just, like, slept, like, 
you know, facing away from each other like this every night. Like and <laughs> we didn't even like care about the clock, bro. Like, cause it was dark always. We were sleeping at whatever hour it was like and waking up and watching TV on one of our phones or something. And every morning we go charge our phones in my Jeep and just like drive around and witness the apocalypse. Whoa. The first day that power was back, we were driving around looking for food and right in front of the H-E-B in Riverside, there's a McDonald's and the line to the McDonald's looked like it was like 500 cars long. And we were like, what the fuck? bro? We're not going to McDonald's. <laughs> and as we're driving past it, bro, we realize McDonald's is still closed. And it's actually a line to the Burger King, like another half a mile down the road. And we were what? like, what the fuck? We thought it was the only place open. We were like, all right, never mind. We're not getting food. And we keep driving. And we see Wendy's open. Like, we see them, like, take away these cones. And we're like, okay, we're going in Wendy's. Like, it was right there. And we went and we got some fucking Wendy's. Wow. Oh, and that shit saved my life, bro. Eating <laughs> hot food. Like, and I'd been, I'd literally been 40 degrees that I was, we were living in for three straight days, man. That's it was, wild it was a terrible to experience. think about, man. It was horrible. It wasn't that bad here. Like we went, I want, I want to say we had water the whole time. Thank fucking God. A lot of people lost water too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that we probably didn't have water for maybe like a day or two in certain parts of our area. We lost, we lost water for a day, but after the power came back because there was like a, a break just in our apartment from the ice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause they had been frozen for so long. Then you just have a rush of pressure come through. Yeah. But we, we had like at least some water the whole time. I took a really, really cold shower. One of the days just cause we'd been in there for days. You know what I mean? And it was, it was the worst. Yeah. It probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. I mean, dude, I was like, I'd been wearing the same sweat pants and shirt <laughs> for like two and a half days. I was like, I got a shower, bro. Wow. Yeah. I failed to consider what it was like for like, it was rough. Bigger cities like that. Yeah, it was a bad time. Yeah, because there was a lot of, like, what I remember is in San Antonio, there was, like, a lot of people, like, they were going and finding elderly people in their homes. Yeah. Like, once everyone was able to travel, they're checking on all their relatives, and there was just hundreds of people. Maybe not hundreds, but there was a lot of people that they were just, like, going to check on their elderly relatives, and they're dead. Yeah, no, it's fucking terrible. Man. Yeah. That's all banking on the This has been kind of a dark show. We've been talking about a lot of bad things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like the that's kind of the nature of the world right now, bro. Yeah, you're right, bro. Things there's, aren't that great. There's war over in Europe. China and the US are at each other's necks. The economy's not so great over here. People are struggling to like provide basic necessities for themselves. And I'm a like I'm pretty pessimistic. Me too, bro. But, you know, I try to stay positive when I can, bro. You know, if you want to talk about something positive, we're just in the, you know, nature of catching up. We talked a little bit about this already, but life's been going pretty good for me lately, bro. I got me a nice girlfriend in a house for the first time. I've never lived in a house before. That's nice. Yeah, those are those little, uh, those are those, like you were saying earlier, we're also caught up in, like, progressing ourselves. Those are those things when you hit those milestones that you're like, wow. Yeah. I can't believe I actually accomplished it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a good feeling, man. Despite there being a lot of negative shit going on, you can definitely remain it's positive. It's important to try to take pleasure in the little things along the way. Yeah. You can be aware of all the negativity, but until it's time for some action, bro, what much can I do by worrying too much about it? Yeah. As much as I find him annoying, Gary V had this one 
like statement that resonated with me and I still carry to this day. He talks about how we get so caught up in like these big major accomplishments and moments in life that we forget to appreciate. And, I, and I'm sure there's been several people throughout the history of humanity that have some sort of variation of this, but he talks about how we have to find pleasure in even the smallest moments because those smallest moments compound to those big moments. Yeah. And if we yeah. lose appreciation for the smaller things like me selling a car today, leads to a vacation six months from now with my family that I didn't, you know, I didn't have a wife or a spouse or a significant other six years ago. And I didn't have my son a year and a half ago. Like all of those small moments that ultimately led up to us taking this vacation and in that vacation, appreciating the fact that we have the privilege to do that and that we're in this beautiful place wherever. Yeah. You definitely got to stay appreciative of that, bro. Yeah. Yeah, there's for a lot sure. to be. Happy I saw this for. thing. I can't remember what it was, what social media was on, but it's just like a post by somebody that was like, imagine that you could go to the grocery store without like the lens of like understanding of the world at all. Like if you knew nothing and you just got dropped in a grocery store, you'd be fucking amazed, bro. Like <laughs> you, it would blow your mind, bro. Like, and if you could just look at the world with that much wonder all the time, like you would, like you were seeing things for the first time every time, bro. Like. That would be nice. Yeah. I like to think about, I don't like to think about it because there are people that are experiencing these in reality, but I like to put myself in the headspace of like, what if I was blind? What if I was deaf? What if I had a mental ailment that took away from the current experience that I have today? What I, what, how much would I miss that? How much would I miss being able to see all the beauty around me? How much would I miss being able to hear the badass music that we have now? It makes you have some ad- admiration for the ability of those people to still find beauty and such in the world, bro. Yeah. Like, Especially when you're as negative as I am. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're as negative but as I'd, I am. I'd be awfully sad if I was suddenly blind, bro, but I'd like to think I could recover, but it's hard to think about. It's hard to fathom. Bro, anything can happen at any given moment, and that is the... That is like yeah. You ever ever think about how wild it is that like think about how complex you are as a person, right? Like you're a whole mind. You got a that brain inside that skull. That's a powerful machine, right? Yeah. Humans are extremely complex things, but you're just a sack of meat, bro. Like someone could kill you with a rock. Isn't that silly? Like, bro, you could slip in the bathtub. Yeah. What the fuck is that? You could slip in the bathtub. Lights are out. It's all over. Yeah. Thanks sm- for playing. Smartest man in the world. Destined to change the world. What if he slipped in the bathtub at 16 years old and died and nobody ever knew it? And he was going to be like the greatest man that ever lived. But he was just a sack of meat who got hit on the noggin a little too hard, bro. What even is that? Yeah. How are we this week? The thing that's kind of racking my brain right now is how a conversation about you working at Discount Tire and wanting to potentially become a pilot led to all of this <laughs> you were like we'll get back to that and we it's been over an hour i think we have not talked about planes bro. yeah 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 so what did the whole uh where did the aspiration to become a pilot even come okay, from dude i've been in and out of college it's not for me i'm a pretty smart fellow but yeah. school is not for me fuck that shit yeah fair enough but i want something like i want something that it's enjoyable to do in the long term. I feel like I lose interest in everything really fast. So I want something that like, that's enjoyable for the experience of it. Not like, 
I don't want to just make a shitload of money. Like, like I do, but like, I, I would still get bored with that. I know I would. I would still hate myself. Like I quit every job I've ever had after max a couple of years. Like I just, I get bored, bro. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm the same way, dude. But it happens. So what I'm looking for is something that like the experience of actually doing the work gives me a thrill that's enough to make it different. Like not, and not just on like a do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life type of vibe, bro. I love changing tires. Like, honestly, I have a good time at work, but I'm not changing tires for 40 years, bro. But flying through the fucking sky, <laughs> I'll fly, bro. That's wild. Yeah. And like, I've taken a couple flying lessons out of the airport. Like the first thing you got to do, you got to start with little planes. And it takes 40 to 60 hours of flight time and a test to get your very first level of flight certification. You can be like a, a leisure pilot. You know, you could rent a plane, rent a sport plane, fly your buddies around the city, come back. You're allowed to do that, like without a guy with you. You know what I mean? Huh. That's the first level of license. That's what I'm working on. I've taken a few lessons. It usually runs people eight to 10 grand total. The problem is that renting a plane and a flight instructor is expensive, sometimes 300 bucks by the hour. Whoa. Like $100 a pay for the instructor or some shit like that, and $200 to rent a plane for an hour. Whoa. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that's not cheap. No, not at all. And you need your hours to be able to qualify, so you got to rent a plane somehow. Whoa. But I'm working on it slowly. I'm having a good time otherwise, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not stressing that I, you know, I don't have enough money to go fly, like, a few hours every week or anything like that. I wish I did. I wish I was making... You know, a couple hundred dollars of spending money every single week, then I would be flying, try to fly one hour a week or some shit, but I can't do that. Yeah. Sometime. But think about this. How many people have ever been behind the wheel of a plane? Not that many, bro. No. Might be one of the more unique things I've ever done, and I've only flown a few hours total. Isn't that cool? Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't get to do, like, the takeoff or landing or nothing like that. Like, there's a flight instructor with me. He handles that stuff for now until I learn more, but once we're up in the sky, I get control of the plane. That shit's an experience like no other, bro. What does it feel like to pilot a plane? Like, compare it to driving. To driving? Yeah, like, is it as smooth as just, like, pulling out of my driveway and getting on the road? Like, I mean, there's no fucking highways in the no, sky. No, dude, it's, it's different. It feels like, imagine you're on a roller coaster, but you've got control, and you, like, Design the track as you're moving. You just point it, and it still feels like a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. I don't vibe with roller coasters, bro. But, you know, you're going flat. Like, I'm not doing dives and nothing like that. Yeah. But you've got that, like, stuck-to-the-seat feeling where, like, you're you're moving. And it's it feels more like driving a sports car than it does driving around a truck. Fair enough. Like, yeah, you're, you're you got, in there. You got inertia and gravity acting oh, yeah. against you. Yeah. And, like, taking a bank turn, that feel, that's a strange feeling. Like, that's a good feeling, though. But it feels it feels like you're on a racetrack, you know, hitting, like, a high turn. Like, yeah. So you feel You it feel that G-force, you know okay, what I mean? It's okay. nothing like a fighter jet, but it's, like, you know, half a G or one G of force as you're cranking into it. It's, just, it's, a, it's a hell of an experience. I would like to think... Dude, when I get my when I get my first license, I'll take you up there sometime for just like a twenty minute flight around town, just for the hell of it. I'll shit my pants. I'll have to wear a diaper. It'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll bring I hope some Febreze. Yeah, please, because yeah, we'll be fine. The thing that really trips me out is when they open the window in those small planes, and they're just we, cruising dude, with the window they, open. That's what the plane they have in. Like you can't open the big window, but they got like little side windows yep. that roll down. He just had them shits cracked. He was like, it gets hot in here if you don't do this. Cause <laughs> he's like, the plane's kind of old. The AC don't work that good. 
Oh my god. Because planes last a long time, bro. You like that plane? It might be twenty or thirty years old. Like the, you know, the maintenance is a lot more serious than a car, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they, they do everything right. They, they've got engine hours on everything. You know, they run it like the way you run a tractor, but even more dedicated. They've got a damn scientist level mechanic working on it. You know, well, what I mean? the room for failure is a lot smaller in a much plane. smaller, much smaller. Yeah. So them shits are well maintained. They run forever. You can try to look like. When I was reading about how to save money getting a pilot's license, I talked about how if you have a lot of capital, you might be able to get a loan on a plane, like you can a car, like a note on it, and then sell it back when you're done, not lose much money on the plane, save hella money on renting the plane. And I figured I wouldn't be able to get a loan big enough. Like, I don't make that much money. My credit's like, it's okay, but it's not great. You know what I mean? But I just wanted to look how much it cost. And on the cheaper end, there's planes from like the 60s and 70s that aren't that much different than the ones they are now. They're still legal, like they fly good. They've got all the necessary instruments, just none of the bells and whistles, but them hoes are still 200 grand at a minimum, you know what I mean? Whoa. And like a new one, like a, a little plane that was made less than 10 years ago, that thing's at least five figure, 500 grand, like Whoa. maybe maybe a million dollars for just a little two four-seater plane if it's a modernized one. The one I flew in, it's an ASU plane, actually. It's the like there's a pilot program at ASU. Okay. And it had an ASU badge on it, so I imagine it's one of their planes, but it, it wasn't that new. AC wasn't that great. It was more just like a it was like riding around the AC in like in an old Ford or something where it's just blowing air. Oh, but yeah. it doesn't help. Yeah. Whoa. How fast do you go in one of those smaller I'm planes? I'm not sure, to be honest. It's gotta be a hundred plus. It felt quick though. It's gotta be a hundred plus. You're moving. Yeah. The scariest thing for me ever being on a plane, especially flying out of San Angelo because they fly those like American Eagles, is when you start to pick up speed and then you take off and all of a sudden the ground's not below you and you're just you like, can, Whoa, like, how feel does this, that, like, how does this work? Off. And then the other thing that really messes me up is when you start to land, when they start to descend. I hate it when they, the wheels touch and then they, they come up and they touch and they come up <laughs> and you're like, are we going like way too fucking fast or something, bro? Like, it doesn't seem right. Yeah. And it's, it's a scary experience. I watched a video of a stealth bomber today. So the B-20 or the B-21, the stealth bomber, you know, the crazy looking black yeah, the plane. Big, like triangle looking ass one. Yeah. So they have, they've only had. Them shits don't seem that stealthy to me, bro. No, 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 no. I'm not no. sure how they, I'm sure that they're stealthy, like radar wise or whatever. I think that's what it is. But if you're like, if you got a binocular, and I guess at night, but like the pictures you see of them, like it's kind of hilarious how like obvious they are in the sky. But yeah. I, you know, like how's this stealthy? But I'm they sure still they still make sound. I know they do their job or whatever, but it's yeah. still like funny looking. I watched, well, the thing that got me to the video I watched today is there was one flying by over Miami Beach and they took a video of it and I was reading the comments in the subreddit. And uh, some guy mentioned that there was only ever one accident in them. And it was, uh, man, I can't remember the name of it. But uh, I ended up getting to the video on YouTube of this stealth bomber crashing. And uh, the guys took off. They were taking off like normal. And I guess the plane had some sort of technology issue. It started banking as they were taking off, and the wing was like about to go into the dirt, not flying this plane today. Pilots eject, and then the plane just crashes into the dirt. Damn. Bro, those are like multi-million dollar planes. (laughs) Yeah. And they crashed it. 
That's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't even... But, you know, for those guys, they knew... They ejected. You see them eject out of the plane. have you seen the video? I think it was called Challenger, the explosion of the, like, Apollo spaceship that that teacher lady was on. Yep, 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 yep. And, you know, her students were watching it in the classroom on one of them little wheelie TVs, and Mm -hmm. that shit just exploded on live TV. That's crazy, bro. What's even crazier is they knew... They knew that there was an issue with the heat shield on that plane. They knew it. They, they did. knew it. They when knew. They risked it. They thought that it would just fly. So I think as they're preparing for this, they had so many delays in it. And there was obviously a lot of publicity because they had like these regular citizens that had gone through all of this training to go up in space and uh-huh. to be able to provide this experience for the general public. And they knew to some degree that there was a problem with. The heat shield. They knew it wasn't the way they wanted it. Like, it wasn't in perfect flying condition, and they were like, fuck it, we're we launching gotta, we anyway. We gotta go today anyway. Yeah, it's minimal risk. Everything should be fine. Yeah, and they were like, it's too big of an event. We gotta just get it done, and they killed a bunch of people, bro. Yeah. There was another one, too, where uh, the space shuttle was actually coming back into the Earth's atmosphere. I can't remember which one it was, but this was actually one of the more recent ones, like within our like lifetime, like we were actually old enough to have known about this. Uh-huh. And it, it, the space shuttle ended up like disintegrating over the skies of Texas. Damn. Yeah, I can't remember. You know what blows my mind is like, you ever read the stories about like the dead cosmonauts and stuff? Yeah. The Russians that are still up there in space. Just floating around? Floating dead bodies and stuff. Whoa. There's a dog up there, too, or something yeah, yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what, first, the first dog that they ever, like, sent into space. Yeah, or, or like a monkey or something, too. Something died up there, and a man, a few men, I think, have died up there, too, and they're stuck. Whoa. They couldn't pilot the damn ship back home, bro. It just floats around out there. Whoa. You think the moon landing really happened? I think so. Yeah. I'm kind of torn, man. Kind of torn. It's hard to think... I mean, I don't know. The the thing that gets me, I think we're kind of naive in thinking that previous civilizations weren't as advanced as like we think they are, you know? I think to a degree you're right. Because I I wonder how like I'd like to believe it's as much as like science fiction would have us believe that the that the Egyptians were using fucking technology to build the pyramids and we just have no vibrations, idea. Yeah, bro. bro I, I I hope that's the case just because it's bad fucking ass, but I don't know. I mean, how else would they have built them? I don't know. How else would they have perfectly chiseled out square blocks that weighed tons? Dude, who's that comedian that has that hilarious joke about, um, it's about how Mexicans are the hardest working people in the world? <laughs> I have no idea. It, dude, it's, I'll, I'll probably butcher it, but it's this guy talking about, he's like, Mexicans are the hardest people, hardest working people in the world. You know how I know this? They found pyramids in Egypt. People are like aliens. They found weird stone shit in Europe. People are like aliens. The Mayans, they found their pyramids. They're like, no, Mexicans built that <laughs> shit. There's no question who built them pyramids, bro. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. Those guys did that shit. There's some hardworking mofos. Man. Yeah. Out here in this 100-degree heat in West Texas, putting roofs together. No kidding. Knocking out houses. You know who else is really hardworking? The Amish. You ever seen a video of them put a barn together in Dude, like you ever seen one day? of them videos of them carrying a barn? Carrying I saw, a barn? I saw this video the other day. They wanted to move a barn, right? They decided that they didn't like where it was. They cut all the beams off the bottom. 
they get like 80 Amish dudes packed in here. They've ripped all the floorboards out. They pick it up by the frame. All these Amish, they pick up a fucking barn and it's all like hundred of them. And they go like two miles down the road, just like shuffling along with a 10,000 pound barn, bro. All the whole community just working together. <laughs> Holy it's shit. wild. And one of them's like in the front is like hollering instructions in their like German language or whatever. They speak like the like Pennsylvania Dutch, I yep, think. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, uh, the guy recording is like a, a neighbor of theirs who just asked if he could help and record. And he's up there in the barn with them. And like all the Amish guys, like the young ones, they know English and they're like joking with him as as he's recording. Yeah, yeah, we have a variation of that down here called the Mennonites. Yeah, so they're actually Germans that uh-huh. migrated to Mexico, and they come here to work. Dude, there, there's a group of Mennonites up in New York that that I like know from my mom's hometown. They run a store up there. Oh, so they're everywhere. Then. Yeah, they sell their they sell all shit they own. They make and they use a little bit of technology. They got cash registers and shit. They're less serious than the Amish. Yeah, but all the shit in there, candy, food, furniture, everything, they make it themselves. And their community, they like, they all work at the store. All the girls work as cashiers, and the boys make furniture and farm food, and they sell it at this enormous Mennonite store. It's like a, a supermarket. I feel like if I built a chair, it'd be very rudimentary and probably not functional. They built some nice shit, bro. Yeah. It feels like you're in a cushioned chair, and it's just made of wood, and it's like the perfect ergonomic design, and that shit's sturdy as fuck. You could hit it with a fucking sledgehammer, and it's not going to... Fall apart, bro. Yeah, no, mine would probably they're, crumble. Theirs are wild. They're, they're carpentry masterpieces. Yeah. Damn, dude. Owning a house has really showed me that I don't know how to do shit. Dude, I'm pretty handy. Really? I was a house manager at ATO, my fraternity, for a few years. My main job was, like, rehanging doors that guys had drunkenly kicked down. <laughs> but, yeah. like, I did a little bit of everything. You know, I got some good experience. And my dad's pretty handy. You know, he was teaching me all kinds of shit growing up. But I got some real-life practice. I'm pretty handy. It's nice. It's a convenience in life, for sure. It uh, is, dude. A blessing that I forget is learned, you know, that I didn't always know this shit, I, but I feel like I have just because I was raised kind of this way. And it's, it's a real convenience in my life to be able to take care of myself in some of the manners that normal people can't. Like, I saved me some money, you know what I mean? That's the biggest thing, bro, is like... Uh the convenience of having someone come do something for you is going to cost you money. Yeah, dude. Am I going to end up being one of those like dads who hates having like people come out to the house to work on the house? And if I have to have someone come work on them, I stare at them like a fucking dick while they do probably. the work. Yeah, yeah probably. probably. So. Yeah. Any work that I've done on my house by myself, is I'm constantly questioning like the quality of the work. Yeah. I'm like, man, could someone have done this better? Probably. But I do take a sense of pride in it, not only because I saved money, because... But because also, like, the hard work ultimately led Feels to... Feels good to see that shit every day, oh, yeah. bro. I take pride in it. Yeah, if you do a good enough job that you can be proud of it, like, without question, it's worth it. Yeah. I always feel like when my neighbor, like, for a while when I did my walkways up front, one, I had to find the time to be able to do all of that. And so, like, the project was incomplete for a long time. And I'm always just wondering, like, what do my neighbors think is fucking going on? But now that it's all done, I'm like, I hope you motherfuckers drive by and are like, damn, that looks good. Yeah. Damn. Well, dog, it's been been about an hour now. It's been some good conversation. You sure you're trying to wrap it up? Yeah. Probably got to get home to the lady. We can wrap it up, dog. Uh, Man, Chase, thanks for being here, bro. Thanks for having a good conversation with me. I had an excellent time. Thanks for everyone who tapped in for the the relaunch of Sean's show. And, uh, man, we'll be back at it again next week, guys. Y'all have a good night.